So today, we continue from where I had stopped off last week, and all scriptures will be taken from the King James Version Bible, 
and uh, today's segments will be a little long compared to how short last week one was right i'll take my time so that persons listening will be able to understand what is it that i'm saying so we start now the the topic today is the replacement of the law or the first covenant had to do with the fact that it was interimly given as a consequence it was subject to be replaced at a later stage by a better covenant now since from galatians chapter 3 verse 19 we learn that the law was interimly given with its terms of reference extending as it did until the seed christ jesus to whom the promise was made should come one must also understand that once jesus christ had come he, being the promised seed, was also authorized to establish a new, better, and final covenant, thereby replacing that old covenant called the law, which, though holy, just, and good, was incapable of producing in the believer that perfection which Christ required and demanded. So for confirmation, persons can read Romans chapter 7, verse 7 and 12. Now, based on what was said, the law, even the first covenant, had to be replaced by the better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom, which can be confirmed by reading Luke chapter 16, verse 16. Now, in support of what I just said, the following confirmation refers, which is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verse 13. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And from the Gospel of St. Luke, as I mentioned, you can read from the scripture verse goes as this, Luke chapter 16, verse 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Now to justify the doctrinal position and the statements that I just made, right? I want persons to simply consider carefully the following biblical proofs, right? This is taken from Hebrews chapter 8 verse 7 to 9 verse 7 for if that first covenant had been faultless then should no place have been sought for the second for finding fault with them he said behold the days come saith the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and with the house of judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. 
So that scripture verse was taken from Hebrews chapter 8, from verses 7 to 9. Now, for those who falsely teach that the first covenant is some ceremonial law, please consider the following. So I'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. And then I'll take it from 5 to 13. So Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Now, therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments, which I teach you for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. So verse 5 to 13, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land, whether ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes, and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great, who had God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great, that had statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law, which I set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thy eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. And ye came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire unto the midst of heaven, with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only he heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stone. So the scripture verses were taken from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, and then from verse 5 to 30. Um... What I would like to do is to draw a person's attention to the fact that the statutes and the judgments of verses 1 and 5 in Deuteronomy are the said statutes and judgments of verse 8, which is called this law in the said verse 8. In addition, brethren, it is worth noting that the said statutes and judgments of verse 1 which is called this law in verse 8, 
is also called the covenant and also the Ten Commandments in verse 13. Brethren, if anyone still have any doubts with respect to what I just said, please consider the following confirmations. So, I will be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 5 from verses 1 to 22. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. The Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to show you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid by reason of the fire and went not up into the mount, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods, before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it, as the Lord thy God had commanded thee. Six days thou shalt labor, and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy ox, nor thy ox, sorry, nor thy ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou was a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God had commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, neither shalt thou commit idolatry, neither shalt thou steal, neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor, neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, 
or his maidservants, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly, in the mount out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness, with a great voice. And he added no more, and he wrote them in two tables of stone, and delivered them unto me. So the scripture was taken from Deuteronomy chapter 5, from verses 1 to 22. Now, what one should do now is query the fact that the Ten Commandments is the said covenant which God made with the children of Israel after they were delivered from Egyptian bondage. Now, the following would dispel all doubts. So turn your scriptures to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 21. And I have set there a place for the ark, wherein is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now, to satisfy all those skeptics, I tender this final proof, which is taken from Exodus chapter 34, from verses 27 to 28. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So I, I just read Exodus chapter 34 from verses 27 to 28. Now, having settled the facts, that the Ten Commandments called the law in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 8 and the covenant in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 13, a fact which Exodus chapter 34 from verses 27 to 28, Deuteronomy chapter 5 from verses 1 to 21, and in 1 Kings chapter 8 verses 21, confirm we can now turn and look at the New Testament scriptures to see what the Holy Ghost, who was sent to guide us into all truth, has to say on this said issue under review. Now, I continue to treat with the replacement of the first covenant by a better covenant which was established upon better promises so for from galatians chapter 3 verse 19 one can understand why the law of first covenant had an interim term of reference so one reason being the ten commandments even the law had no forgiveness clause and since man will always need forgiveness god linked or should I say, index the Ten Commandments to the inferior Levitical priesthood so that those who sinned under the first covenant could have had their sins forgiven temporarily. Pending the emergence of the Lamb of God, who would later die for humanity's sin, even those 
which were committed under that first covenant. So if in doubt, please read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. And if by chance you don't have your Bibles at hand, you can always search for Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. And I read that scripture now, right? And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. That was taken from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. So because of that doctrinal fact, brethren and online listeners, we are told in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 to 8, that the first covenant was faultless. Then should no place have been sought for the second covenant. So as a consequence of the inability of the first covenant to produce what Christ desired, he promised Israel a new and better covenant, which differed from that first covenant which he gave them in Horeb. So for confirmation, Please read for yourselves Hebrew chapter 8, verses 8 to 9. Now, since it would be unlawful for one to bequeath two different wills or covenants to one's beneficiaries, having introduced the new and better covenant, he informs us of the status of that replaced first covenant. And what I will be reading will be able to speak specifically to this issue under review. So, please read for yourselves Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13, and it goes like this. In that he said, a new covenant, he had made the first old, now that which decayed and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So in confirmation of the statements made, I want persons to turn the scriptures to Hebrews chapter 10, and we will read from verses 5 to 10. Now Hebrews chapter 10 verses 5 to 10 goes like this. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings of sin thou wouldest not, neither had pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ 
once for all. So Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 to 10 is the proof. Therefore, even those worst skeptics would be easily convinced that the law, even the first covenant, having been given interimly, based on what we read in Galatians chapter 3 verse 19, it had to be replaced and was in fact replaced by the better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, for anyone who would look carefully and read carefully at Matthew chapter 11 verse 13, Luke chapter 16 verse 16, Galatians chapter 3 verse 19, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 to 9 verse 13, and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 to 10, would be fully convinced that the first covenant, even the law, was in fact replaced by the better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, additionally, some doctrinal facts which established the doctrinal position that the first covenant, even the law, was replaced by the better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom of God, as we read in Luke chapter 16, verse 16, I wish to tender the following confirmation, bearing in mind that Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, and the Holy Ghost in Hebrew chapter 6, verses 1 to 2, demand perfection in the saints. So Hebrew chapter 7, verse 19 goes like this. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing of a better hope did, by the which we draw near unto God. So as I close, and to confirm this doctrinal fact that the old covenant was replaced by a better covenant, I am going to read the following confirmation, which is taken from Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, agreement, or covenant. So as a consequence of the fact that God has replaced the first covenant of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1, by the better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom. The following confirmation can be read in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 18, which goes like this. There is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness there. So brethren, as I close and come to an end of this segment today, Please remember what I've read today and the passages taken are doctrinal facts which God has indeed replaced the old covenant by the new and better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom, which you can read for yourselves in Luke chapter 16, verse 16. So this is the end of my segment today. I will be live next week again. It's a continuation from what I've started last week. So, brethren, please stay tuned for next week's segment. Please be safe. 
prepare yourselves for Jesus Christ's return because he will be returning soon. So have a blessed day, everyone. And remember that Jesus Christ loves you.